want us to read together out of the book of Psalm, please. Psalm 16. And we're going to read verses 5 and 6 together from God's words translation. Let's go. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. You are the one who determines my destiny. Your boundary lines mark out pleasant places for me. Indeed, my inheritance is something beautiful. Come on, give him glory today. Hallelujah. I want you to just listen to this. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. You are the one who determines my destiny. Your boundary lines mark out pleasant places for me. And indeed, my inheritance is something beautiful. I'm honored to have these moments together to preach the Word of God to you. And I'm blessed to be able to bring to you the Word of the Lord from Psalm 16. Psalm 16 is a very famous psalm. I'm sure you're aware of that. And the reason it's famous is because the apostles preached the resurrection of Jesus in the New Testament from this very psalm. Psalm 16 is famous because the apostles took Psalm 16 and drew their text when preaching the resurrection of Christ. In fact, the very first message that was preached on the day of Pentecost by Peter, Peter drew his text from Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. I won't take time to read all of those, but I will read verse 10. This was one of the verses which Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, for you will not abandon me to Sheol, the place of the dead, neither will you suffer your Holy One to seek corruption. Peter sets forth in his message on the day of Pentecost by quoting these scriptures from Psalm 16, that David could not have been talking about himself. It was not possible. In fact, if you continue to read, you will read where Peter makes the argument that it's not possible that David was speaking of himself because David was still dead. His body did seek corruption. His muscles and his skin and his tissues rotted away and turned to dust over the centuries. So Peter concludes that David had to have been speaking on behalf of Christ, who did not stay in the tomb and did not decay. Come on. You will suffer, you will, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. As Peter applied Psalm 16 to Jesus, the crowds in Jerusalem heard him, and 3,000 people came to know Jesus, came to Christ, were born again on the day of Pentecost. The Apostle Paul also preached. Jesus' resurrection from this very same psalm, Psalm 16. Speaking to the Jews in Antioch, he said in Acts chapter 13 
and verse 32, and we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. Therefore, verse 35, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One, to seek corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Bible scholars agree, based on both Peter and Paul's reference, that David was speaking for Christ, that Psalm 16 The greater part of that psalm is a messianic psalm. It's a messianic prophecy. It's it's amazing, Psalm 16. And with this understanding, I want you to look at the latter part of verse 5. In fact, scholars, many scholars believe that from verse 5 is where David begins to speak on behalf of Christ. Some claim that the entire chapter of Psalm 16 is actually the messianic psalm, but a lot of scholars feel from 5, verse 5, this is where David begins to speak on Jesus' behalf. And it's so incredible. As Christ says to his Father, you are the one who determines my destiny. It is you who determines. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. You are the one who determines my destiny. This is powerful. Think of Jesus' courage as he faced death. Where did he get that courage? Where did he find the courage to face it? We know he was fully human like we are. He had thoughts and he had emotions just like you and me. How could he have been so brave as he was about to be killed. Well, Christ received the strength to go to the cross, knowing that God would not leave, knowing that God, his Father, would not leave his soul in hell. He went to the cross saying, you are the one who determines my destiny. Into your hands, Jesus said from the cross, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Christ received the strength to go to the cross knowing he went trusting, trusting that the chains of death, hell, and grave would be broken by his Father, causing him to break through to his destiny. You are the one who determines my destiny. And he went to the cross knowing and trusting that his father would not leave his soul in hell. But on the third day, he rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. He broke through to his destiny. I want to continue today ministering part two to us, breaking through to your destiny, breaking through to your destiny. Everybody has a destiny. Every one of us has a destiny. So much so that God himself has taken a personal interest in it. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 9, 
Also in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, in James chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says that God has chosen our inheritance for us. He has chosen. God is interested in our destiny. He has a personal interest in our destiny. He's chosen our inheritance for us. That means He has providentially tailored it just for you. That means God, by His power and in His providence, He has chosen our inheritance. He has providentially tailor-made our destiny just for us because of His infinite love for us. God's wisdom has crafted a beautiful future for us. Come on, I want you to take this today and receive it by faith. God has crafted a beautiful, beautiful future for those of us who have entrusted our lives into His hands. He is a good, good Father. Come on, He is a good Father and He loves us and He has, he has taken time over every one of us he is personally interested in our destiny, and He's going to get us to our destination. Come on, in Jesus' name. He has providentially tailor-made, put it all together for us. He knows the end from the beginning. His desire is that we move into the fullness of all that He has already prepared for us, all that He has already laid up in store for us. And we're believing in the name of Jesus that we're breaking through to our destiny. Last week we learned that to break through to our destiny, we must make a choice. Number one, we must make a choice. And I've been so encouraged this week. Thank you. So many of you have, have stated how last week's message was exactly where you are or were at that time. And it was a word in season for you. And thank God for that. And I'm believing the same for today. Come on. God has good things in store. It's not over, my friend. Come on. You've seen a lot. You've seen God do a lot. But there's so much more. Come on. Your destiny is great in front of you. And last week we saw that to break through to our destiny in this year of breakthrough, we must make a choice. It comes down to choices. We're going to choose not to be distracted or disillusioned in the moment. We don't live for the moment. Come on, we go through the moments. Good things happen in the moment. Thank you, Jesus. Not so good things happen in the moment. God's in control. Come on, He's faithful. And we are making a choice that we are living free of distraction. We're not disillusioned in the moment. Now today, verse 1 of Psalm 16, David's first words are these. From verse 1, keep and protect me, O God. This is how he opens Psalm 16. Keep and protect me, O God, for in you I have found refuge, and in you do I put my trust and hide myself. David begins this incredible psalm by taking refuge in the one who determines destiny. In the one who determines destiny, he starts by saying, I take refuge, keep and protect me, O God. He, he says, I, I found refuge, and in you 
Do I put my trust and hide myself? David commits himself to trust fully in God, the one who determines destiny. He says, I trust fully in you. I am assured that you know the end from the beginning. You know right where I am. You know right what I'm dealing with. Oh God, I put my trust in you to break through to your destiny. Number two, commit yourself to trust God and God's ways. You and I have to begin with a commitment. It starts with a choice, but choice is not sufficient. It has to come to a commitment. Thank God. Thank God you make a choice. But choice must lead you to commitment. Commit yourself, regardless of what's happening, regardless of it. Seems like it will never transpire, that it seems so far away right now of what you know and what you believe and what you are looking to God to do, what you believe you've heard in your own heart. It looks so far away. I want to I want to challenge us today on the subject. Of commitment. David is asking God to watch over him. This is the only request he made in Psalm 16. When you go through other Psalms, David made a lot of requests to God, but this is the only one that he made in Psalm 16. He's asking God to watch over him. He's expecting God to take care of him, to care for him, because he took refuge in God, having committed to trust God, and to live by God's ways. This was a passion of David. He had a tremendous heart after God. He had a passion for the ways of God. Every every part of his life came under scrutiny. He was very, very hard on himself. He, He wanted to make certain that everything he did, he... He lived by God's laws. He lived by God's ways. He, whenever he messed up, whenever he did wrong, he was always very, very quick to come back to the way of God. He, he was very quick to return to the path. He was very quick to repent. He was very quick to recommit himself regardless of the cost. And so he's relying on God to keep his promise. He's relying on God. I I expect you, God, to protect me, to care for me, to keep me, O God. Because in you I have found refuge, and in you I put my trust, and I hide myself. I tell you where we live right now and what we're dealing with right now, you're going to have to trust something. You're going to have to trust somebody. I'm telling you, why not put your trust in our Father who is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Why not put your trust in our God who is able to make a way where there seems to be no way and to bring you into that place of fullness? Why not determine today, I'm going to commit myself to walk in the ways of God, not turning to the left or to the right, because God has greener pastures to bring me into. God has greater things for me to encounter. God has greater things for me to experience. David is relying heavily on God to keep his promise. He's looking to God to wrap his arms around him and to be his refuge. Now in the previous chapter, 
I wish we had time, but I don't. I'm just going to briefly cover it in the previous chapter in Psalms 15, verse 5, the latter part of that verse. It promises that the man who lives, Psalms 15, 5, promises that the man who lives by God's ways will never be shaken. The man who lives by God's ways will never be shaken. It says, the latter part of that verse, he who does these things, this is the last verse of Psalm 15, he who does these things will never be shaken. Does what things? I want to go through them with you very briefly. In in Psalms chapter 15, these are God's ways. These are God's ways for man. And he who does these things will never be shaken. He who does these things, and I want every dad to listen up very carefully. All of us listen, but I, I want to focus on the dads for the next few moments. Verse 2, he walks with integrity. Verse 2 of Psalm 15. Come on, we're going to commit our ways, commit ourselves to the ways of God. What are the ways of God? Psalm 15 verse 2 says, He whose walk is blameless. He who walks with integrity. This is the first way that God is looking for all of us to walk in integrity, to commit ourselves to live a life of integrity, to commit ourselves to walk in the ways of God as integrous individuals. Come on. And then it says he does what is right or he does what is righteous. And then thirdly, he speaks the truth within his heart. These are God's ways that God has laid out for man. Who shall dwell in your sanctuary? Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in your holy place? Oh God, he whose walk is blameless. He who has a walk or walks with integrity. He who does what is righteous. Come on, we're going to commit ourselves as dads. Today on Father's Day, we're going to recommit ourselves as fathers. Come on, to walk in integrity. That everyone who looks and sees our lives and takes a look at us can see men of integrity. This is what the world is desperately needing right now. Come on, men of integrity. Men whose walk is righteous. A man who will speak truth within his heart. Within his heart. For out of the heart flow all the issues of life. This is what we're committing ourselves to today. Verse 3, he does not slander with his tongue. Come on, who may go and dwell? Who may run into that place of refuge? Dwelling in the most place of the Most High God, in His sanctuary, in His refuge. He who does not slander with His tongue. And then it says in verse 3, He does no evil to a friend, nor does He bring disgrace on His neighbor. He does not slander with His tongue. He does no evil to a friend nor does he bring disgrace on his neighbor. Come on, this man, this man who commits himself to trust God and to live by God's ways, 
who gives himself daily as a man of integrity, walking in integrity, living right, living righteous before God and others, who speaks the truth within his heart, who's committed himself, putting his trust in God, putting his trust in the truth, putting his trust in in the Lord and does not slander with his tongue, speaks lovely words to his wife, upholding words to his children. Come on, he, he does no evil to his friends. He doesn't bring disgrace on his neighbor. Verse 4, he does not break a promise. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands. Listen, he does not break a promise. Verse 4 says, even to his own hurt. This is the kind of man the world needs right now. This is the kind of fathers we need. The Message Bible says you keep your word even when it costs you. You keep your word even when it costs you. Come on, I'm primarily addressing in these moments the dads and the fathers in the house, but I'm talking to all of us. Come on. We commit ourselves to trust God, keeping our word, living in His laws, living by His ways and His precepts. Verse 5, He doesn't take bribes. He doesn't take bribes. These are the ways of God who lends His money without usury and He does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Come on, this is men who commit themselves who commit themselves to put their trust in God that God's going to make a way for them they don't have to bribe come on they don't have to give a bribe they don't take bribes and they deal in fairness financially they're good stewards they take care of their family They take care of their provider, their providers in their home, and they look after. They may not have all the money. None of us do, but what we do have, we care for it. And we're guarded and we're good stewards of it. Come on, these these are the ways of God. These are what God's desires. Dads, lead your family to its destiny by making are renewing your commitment to run to God, to put your trust in Him, and to live by His precepts, by His ways. Let it be seen, beginning right with those who are closest to you. It doesn't have to go any further than them. Let everyone around you see that you are a man of integrity, that you do what is right, and you speak truth. You speak truth from your heart. You do not slander with your tongue. You do no evil to your friends, nor do you disgrace and bring disgrace on your neighbor. You do not break your promise, even if it hurts, even to your own hurt. You keep your word regardless of the cost, and you do not take bribes. You do not give bribes. 
and you deal fairly in your finances and you're a good steward. Listen, this is what it's all about right here. This is real fatherhood. This is more than a biological father. This is fatherhood right here. And this is what it's all about. And you live such a life, you will be able to lead your family to its destiny. You live your life these ways, and you will bring your family to its ultimate destiny that God has for you. So you have to renew your commitment, even in those times when it seems like it's just impossible, and it seems like it won't happen. It seems like perhaps your kids are so far away. But if you will continue to keep your commitment renewed, to follow God's ways, God is no man's debtor. And He will make a way where there seems to be no way. If you will set the example, set the example that in your family, as the head of your home, as the leader in your home, you are going to go God's way. There's no other way. It's striking that David runs to God like this because David was a strong man. As a teenager, David faced Goliath with a sling and with a stone. When he was in an officer's army or when he was an officer in Saul's army, the people had chanted, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Is 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 7. I find it amazing that David, it's so striking to me that David runs to God like this because he was such a strong man. David led a, a guerrilla war for several years. His army in the desert of Judea was like a special forces unit. David was so strong on the throne. David was a shrewd diplomat. If there was ever a man who could take care of himself, it was David. But I learned something out of David's life. Listen to me. Every man here, listen to me. Trusting God is a manly thing to do. Trusting God is a manly thing to do. It brings such honor to you. It brings such respect to you. As a man, when everything screams out against you that you should not be putting your trust in God. But I'm telling you, it's such a manly thing to do. Taking refuge in God is not the last option for weak men. I want to repeat it. Taking refuge in God is not the last option for weak men. It's not a coward's way to avoid responsibility. Fathers, your kids and your wife, they need to see who you run to in times of trouble and hardship. They need to see who you run to in times of brokenness, in times of questions, in times of disappointment, in times of discouragement, in times of failing and failure. 
They need to see who you run to. They need to see that demonstrated. And I thank God for amazing men, fathers and men of God in this, in this local congregation. I thank God for you. I thank God for your strength. And may you be, come on, let's celebrate them today. May you be so strengthened and may you be so encouraged. Thank you. Thank you for giving yourself to serve God and to follow God. Listen, many have this mindset that real men take care of themselves. We've all been taught as men to be self-reliant. There's a mindset that only weak men turn to God first. But listen, just the opposite is true. It takes immense courage and it takes strong faith to trust God. It takes immense courage. It takes great courage. And it takes strong faith to trust God, to commit yourself to His ways when everything else is crying and screaming at you to go another way. You hold your course. It takes great courage. And I'm addressing courageous men today. I'm addressing courageous women today. This applies to you as well. It takes immense courage and strong faith to keep trusting God, to put your faith in God, to commit to God's way, saying, keep and protect me, O God, for in you I have found refuge. And in you do I put my trust and hide myself. Come on. In you do I put my trust. And in you do I continue to hide myself. I want to encourage you. Whatever the cost, keep at it. Come on, stay focused. Continue, guys and gals. Continue to believe. Continue to trust. God has greater things ahead of you. And you may find yourself being interrupted or you may find yourself in situations where it's not working quite the way or working out quite the way you thought it would be. Don't give up. I read a funny story this week. I have to finish with this. <laughs> I think we, I, need, I need a little lighter note right now. And I read of one father who had been facing some challenges. He had been going through some difficulties and he needed time to himself. He needed like to hide himself and to reestablish his commitment to renew his, his, his trust in God. <laughs> and so in his need, he retreated to his office at his home. He went into his office, but before he walked into his office at his home, he, he got all his family together and he gave them very clear instructions to all of his family members. And he said, please do not disturb me. Well, one of his young sons, very young, this son of late had been caught up with everything going on in church. This young son of his had been so taken back with things that were going on in church, like communion. He was just so taken up with it. Water baptism. 
and his young son that had been seeing all of this happening in church and so mesmerized by it, he wanted his father's attention. So he walked to the office where his father had told him and all the family, do not disturb me. I need time to hide away. This young son pounded on the door and this is his announcement. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, let me in. Come on, if somebody's pounding at your door, come on, there's all kind of distractions and all kind of things happening. Stay the course, everybody. Stay committed, everybody. Stay focused. Continue to walk in the ways of God and God will bring you into that place of fullness that He has already ordained that He has already set in place for you. Come on, we hold our course today. Father, we thank You. Come on, if you're here and you say, I just need prayer of agreement right now. I just need to come back to some of the ways that You mentioned, Pastor, of this integrity, doing what is righteous, speaking truth from within my heart. Come on, I just need to recommit myself, not slandering with my tongue, Come on, I need to recommit myself to some of these ways, doing no evil to my friends, not breaking promises. I'm not giving or taking bribes. Come on, I'm, I'm setting some things in place. Come on, lift your hands right through. And I want us to pray today. Come on, all over this house. Lord, we just set our faith upon you once more. God, we thank you that what you have in store for us is supernatural. God, what you want to bring us into is absolutely amazing. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We ask you, Father, by your Holy Spirit, bring us back. Bring us back. Lord, we, we pray that we will return to that place of integrity, that place of righteousness, that place, my God, of watching our words, Lord, on this day today as we Stand in your presence, Lord, celebrating our dads, celebrating these incredible men in our life. Father, we thank you for the strength and the grace to live by your ways, to walk in your ways, that it will be known throughout all around us. This is a man. This is an individual. This is a woman that's serving God, that's living by the ways of God. Lord, forgive us where we have turned to the right and turned to the left. Lord, we put our trust and our hope and our confidence in you today because you are faithful and you are good. You are so good and we love you. Give the strength right now. Right now, give the strength and the courage, Lord, to continue to stand, to run into your arms, to run to you. Oh God, into your refuge, to hide ourselves in you. And that you go before us, making every crooked place straight. Provide and bless every family, every home, every individual here today. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Happy Father's Day, everybody. We're so proud of you, men. God bless you. Everybody have a breakthrough week, breakthrough to what God has before you. We love you. God bless you.